Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. A Gay and a Non-Gay is a podcast from James Barr and Dan Hudson. They're like a lovely little couple, except they're not. Hello and happy International Metal Day. Do you know why it's the 11th of the 11th? No. It's because in the film This Is Spinal Tap, their amps famously go up to 11. I don't, I don't get it. So today on the podcast, we are joined by the frontman for heavy metal legends, Judas Priest. He is a great ambassador for heavy metal and for the great city of Birmingham. Wahey! On the podcast today, metal god Rob Halford will be joining us. And actually, James, it's not really a non-gay thing because he's gay. Yeah. And I'm genuinely excited about everyone hearing this interview because, as you say, Rob Halford is gay and there are loads of gay metal fans. I've met... I don't think I've met any of them, actually, but apparently <laughs> there are. And it's wrong for me to, to think that gay people all only like one thing. But I'm not a fan of metal music, so it is kind of your, get, your day today. So, Rob Halford on the show today. Um, he came out live on MTV in 1998. We're going to talk about that. He met Cilla Black at Buckingham Palace. He's mates with Lady Gaga. What? He may or may not be going on RuPaul's Drag Race. And we chat to him about his incredible journey as the gay frontman of one of the biggest heavy metal bands in the world get those leathers on and strap in it's gonna be a wild ride sorry what that's definitely the gayest thing you've ever said (laughs) it's also the most metal thing i've ever said really okay wow these worlds really do align it's bizarre i can't am i on now who knew i'd be zooming at 69 (laughs) (laughs) oh my god 69 oh yeah i couldn't wait to get to 69 for the jokes and the memes to start and i haven't seen or heard one yet we can definitely help you with that (laughs) let's fire up the meme machine welcome to a gay and a non-gay So we're a gay and a non-gay, and it's your job, just as you're our guest today, to guess which of us is which. So over <laughs> to you, Rob. I think you are the gay one. <laughs> Hi. My gaydar has never failed me. When I'm pushing my trolley round Morrison's in Warsaw, my gaydar goes, gay, not gay, gay, not gay. <laughs> <laughs> never fails me. My gaydar never fails me. And also, <clears throat> one of us is from Birmingham and the other one isn't. Can you tell which Ooh, one is which? Yeah, that's a tricky one. Uh, the Birmingham accent has a bit of a variety in it. So I'm not going to be 100% sure, but I'm going to go with the non-gays, the Brummie. Yes, I am. You got it yes, in one. Well that's done. right. <laughs> yeah. Two out of two. 
<laughs> I'm from Sutter Hall, so it's not really. It's not really. Oh, okay. Um, no, I, yeah, yeah, I know that part of town. I don't want to give away too many spoilers because it's. I mean, reading your book was a massive turn on for me. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> there are so many stories in there that I'm like, wow, I didn't expect to read this. This is hot. But with Madonna, without giving anything away, I just want to know, like, if that had gone further, would you have taken one for the team? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sexual attraction is is uncontrollable, isn't it? I say in my book about the, 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 some, some of the sexual moments that I've had with girls in my life, even now, you know, a, a beautiful woman is, is, is attractive to me and, and can be attracted to me in a sexual way. I'm exclusively a gay man. I was going to say I'm exclusively a gay man because then I'm going to go, cool, I could give her one, you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounded horribly sexist. But you know what I'm saying? I don't think Madge and I would have connected in the fullest sense of the word. No. Well, no, because I would. I mean, it's Madonna. You know what I mean? Sometimes you just, you just would, I guess. Um, Anyway, that was a very candid question. <laughs> I'm, I'm ready for anything, guys. That's what I love about this place that I'm at now. You know, the older you get, I, I never knew that I'd just become this kind of different person to I was in my 20s. And then I, ch- I think I changed in my 40s. And I've definitely changed as I inch my way to the 70s, you know. So nothing's candid to me. I think it's all great. I think talking about absolutely everything and anything is a great thing to do. Yeah. Having read your book, uh, I do I do notice you have quite a thing for some straight guys. So I'm just wondering, is non-gay, uh, <laughs> does he need to be worried? <laughs> what is is that just me? Or are gay guys generally drawn to straight men? Oh, you know, because I, I don't... I don't think it's a particularly unique thing to moi. This is it. I don't know because I'm not. I find straight men a bit annoying (laughs) for so many reasons that we haven't even got time to get into. I mean, I love Dan dearly. He's one of my best mates after doing this podcast, but I would, there's no way I would, I mean, he would think differently, but I, I'm not interested. <laughs> I, think, I think the thing about me as we go into the book quite deeply, I couldn't figure out this sexual identity thing. I was so unsettled, you know, I couldn't really figure it out. You know, th- those early relationships were with pretty much exclusively straight men. And you, you could argue, well, why were they attracted to a gay guy, you know? And, and it's, it's, all a very, it's all very kind of dysfunctional. And again, I don't think I'm unique in, in that search for figuring out who you are in, in that sexual identity uh, issue. And then finally coming to peace and balancing it all and, and just getting on with your life. Do you think that they were just massive metal heads and massive, massive fans of yours and they just got carried away with, it, with the whole thing? I think, I think one of them was, yeah. But Brad, who I lost in a, in a really horrible way, he, he wasn't the least bit interested in heavy metal music. Right. I think he was just a curious straight guy when it came to that part of himself. But yeah, I mean, that happens a lot, doesn't it? That happens a lot in the entertainment world. Elton went through the same thing, didn't he? I was so sad to read that part of your book. Is it, is it hard doing interviews now because people are kind of asking questions about such deeply personal things? Well, you, you have to be prepared to really let it all go, you know. And, and, and again, I keep saying that because I've been cleaning sober for over three, three decades, 35 years, 36 years, not that that's, a, that's irrelevant because yesterday's gone and tomorrow's over there. But to be able to live a, a better life in terms of not, not having to firstly hide my, my, my identity as a gay man, but as importantly, be clean and sober. And not have to lie and you know sneak around and 
put in new endos in everything. So th this is just me. This is the real me. And it was tough talking about that particular moment when I lost Brad. But we've all lost people in our lives, haven't we, guys? Whether it's a family member through just natural causes, same with friends, or even in, in, a, more, in a more dramatic way. So it's just, it's just me just letting everybody know every aspect of my life, including some of those darker moments. Yeah. You know, in our community, there's a lot of those moments. But yeah, it's difficult and it's amazing that you're talking about it. I think it's incredibly brave and powerful. So thanks for sharing. Well, you, you're very welcome. But it, it also touches on mental health. Yeah. And mental health is vital to every single person on the planet. You've got to really figure out your head, you know, get your head sorted. And so you can't stop talking about this, guys. Mm -hmm. You've got to keep talking about it as difficult as it may be. I think it eventually makes you a healthier person and it makes you a stronger person all around. A gay and a non-gay. Reading your book uh, as a metalhead, it's, um, it's, it's almost sad to, to, to read how scared you were about coming out because of the rejection that you might face from from our, our sort of community um i wonder if you can tell us a bit more about why you were so 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 scared about about revealing yourself as i went into my adult life from my teenage years which is which is also a very it's part of your life journey isn't it as, as you become a teenager you start to have more adult uh, themes in your mind and you're looking around the world for again, for some kind of balance. Let's face it, the world, the world pretty much exclusively is, is straight. You know, that, that's just a fact. We are a minority. And as a minority, we are kicked around like a football. We always have been. So you're always fighting one way or another. You're fighting for this, you're fighting for that. So I go from, from my teenage world into the adult world. And then for a short while at the Grand Theatre, my eyes were opened up. And, and it was great. And, I, and I, even though I was still confused, I was getting some insights into who I was as a person. But then as I went further and grew, grew older and I went into the heavy metal world, I mean, basically, all my life I've been surrounded by, by straight people, all my life. And then wrapped that up into the, as it was, the, the very ultra macho alpha male environment of heavy metal. And this horrible fear of if I come out, it might kill my band off. You know, the, all the fans would go off screaming into the night and pitchforks and, and torches. All that was ridiculous from my mind because it didn't obviously work out that way at all. I was, I was completely misguided in that thought process. But it is all very, it's all so complicated. It's really fascinating to me because I, as you can probably tell, I'm not really into metal. I'm wearing a Ginger Spice t-shirt today. Um, <laughs> and I have always found it quite aggressive and, and, and I didn't really ever enjoy it and <laughs> since hanging out with dan i've kind of made more of an effort to listen to it but i've got a lot of prejudice about metal music and about rock music that i shouldn't have and it's because i think it's like you say like macho so it was amazing reading your book and hearing your journey because i connected with it and i never expected to connect with metal music in my life <laughs> Am I well, prejudiced? No, you're not. You're not. Personally, I love all kinds of music. Heavy metal is the love of my life in the, in the true musical sense. But, you know, on my phone, I've got everybody from Slayer to Gaga <laughs> to Pavarotti to Hank Slayer. Lee. I'm all yes. over the place. I'm all over the place, you know. That, that's the beautiful joy of music. 
in music, there's always something for someone. And, you know, if you're only into that kind of thing, great. As long as you're connecting to music, that's all that matters. You and Gaga are like best mates now, aren't you? Oh, I wouldn't say that. I'd like, in my mind, I am. <laughs> <laughs> hey, babe, how are you doing today? Click. Oh, I'm just great. I just had a latte. What do you do? I, we don't do that. Oh, no. If we did. But let me just say that she's an incredibly talented woman. Yeah. Uh, she has the most amazing voice. So for a singer to singer thing, I, I think she's phenomenal. And then you look at what she's achieved in such a short space of time. Uh, and she worked really, really hard to get to where she was. But in that time from where she burst out onto the scene, I was reading the other day on Reddit that she, it, was it last year she got a Grammy and a BAFTA and an Oscar and all these things in one year? She's super, super talented. But she's very pure and open as a person and very draws you in. She has time for everybody. And I think the fact that she's a, she's a, a metalhead is even greater. But I've had a couple of Gaga moments, which are in the book, yeah. Are you guys going to do a collaboration together? Well, I would love to. Yeah, at some point I would love to. I mean, even if it's something simple with her and a guitar and us doing something, oh. I don't know. Were you jealous when she did that collab with Metallica? <laughs> no, I thought it was great because Metallica have been my mates forever, you know. It was wonderful. I watched it. I, I, I was here in, in Phoenix watching it live on the Grammys and I could see James was furious because his guitar wasn't working yeah, properly. Yeah. I mean, that just goes to show you when you play live, it's it really is the true essence of rock and roll because rock and roll should be chaotic. Anything can happen in rock and roll. It's like every pre-show is never exactly the same. Even though you've done Living After Midnight a million times or whatever, every show is different. So she's all that. So I, th I think that was just a really, really great thing for her to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to jam with Metallica. It's wonderful. It's wonderful that she, that she partners up with, with all of these different people. A gay and a non-gay. I love the, the moment in your book where you say, thank God for Grinder now. It's just as a footnote. <laughs> I was on Grinder for about a day. And really? Then yeah, well, actually, that's not true. It was more than a day, but, but it, it wasn't a very, very long time. You'd think, oh my God, he must be having the time of his life. He goes back to his hotel in Finland and puts puts grinder on. He goes ping, 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 ping. And the short time that I had grinder, you know where I got the most pings in Brussels. Really? Because my hotel was around the corner from the the EU, the European Union. Oh uh, wow! And I found out. I found out that the hotel that I was in was like the hotel that all the politicians and everybody and everybody that works there, they were all on Grinder. Oh I mean, they gosh. were like the next door over. <laughs> it was like every floor was going ping, ping, ping. <laughs> ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. That's so funny. But back in the 70s and 80s, I mean, girls were throwing themselves at you. So how did you find blokes? I, I didn't. It's kind of poignant and a little bit sad that the only way I could 
gain that kind of little bit of an intimate experience and a thrill was to go cruising, you know, to go cottaging. That was the only way I, I was finding some kind of connection with another person that was the same as me. Yeah, it was it was just very risky and I nearly lost my life because I got I got hepatitis after that one episode in a gay club in Newcastle. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't have any connectivity whatsoever because again I was protecting the band and I was protecting all of the people around me and I was doing what a lot of us do is we're putting everybody else first and we're putting ourselves second. You can't do that to yourself. You've got to get, get your own house in order as best you can. Look after yourself, love yourself, and then you can look after everything else. It must have been awful with just girls hanging around all the other guys and, and no blokes <laughs> hanging around in the, in the same sort of sense. Yeah, because we all have needs, don't we? <laughs> we all have the needs. This is the other the part of what we talk about in the book. You start reaching for a drink and then another drink and another drink. And then you discover the, the amazing world of cocaine. And then it just amplifies and amplifies. And, and then suddenly it starts to control your life. And then you realize you're an addict. You can't just have one drink or one line of coke. You've got like stick a pound of coke up your nose and six bottles of Jack Daniels and you still want more, you know, it's just insane. So that's how I would uh, blur that pain out. I, I would just go back to my hotel room and drink myself silly and then black out and then somebody would shake me awake the next day and off we'd go to the next town the next show. That's such a familiar story for so many people. Is there a way to bypass that? Because I've been in a similar place and it's like you have to do that to then realise you've got all this shame and that you need to get rid of it. And I don't know, why, why does it have to be like that? Why can't we just be okay? I, I, I know. Can I, can I have an okay pill, please? It's one of the great challenges in life. You know, life isn't easy, is it, guys? Life is pretty hard. No matter how easy you think it is, it's not. Life is tough. I think it's all a big test for where we go pop off to next. That's my personal thing. I think that so many of us can relate to incidents in this book, confess, uh, if not for ourselves, but to family members or close friends or co-workers. I'm not exclusive by any stretch of the imagination, but I don't know what it is. It's just a rite of passage for a lot of us growing up. And I, I think that anybody that says they've had a perfectly smooth, uneventful life is not telling the truth because you have to be able to be prepared to bump into things and have things smack you around. And it's up to you to figure that out. How are you going to make that better? How are you going to improve your life? You know, How are you going to change the circumstances so that living your life is, is as good and as great as it should be for you personally. And that's not a selfish thing to do but, uh, at all. You know, like I said earlier, you've, you've got to put your own house in order to be yeah. able to, to move on and, and live and love life. Dan absolutely loves talking about my mental health. So I'm really glad that we've got into this <laughs> on the podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, he loves you know, I, I, I talk about my depression. When I quit drinking and drugging, I would still have my, my days where depression would creep in. You know, why am I suddenly feeling this way? What's going on? Everything's yeah. great. You know, why, ever, why is everything around me turning dark and then I'm feeling miserable? There's no reason because everything's wonderful, you know. And, and that's the. Um, that's the trauma of, of, of mental health, this part in, of, of us in our brain that it seems to take over. And then we have to try and find the ways to deal with it. And I've said a million times, this is a great way to deal with it. Just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And in an unexpected announcement, Halford addressed for the first time anywhere the subject of his sexuality. 
I think that most people know that I've, that I've been a gay man all of my life and, and that it's only been in, in, in recent times that it's an issue that I feel comfortable to address, an issue that has been with me ever since recognising my own sexuality. When you eventually came out, it wasn't really the, the big deal that you'd, you'd bigged it up to be. But do you think it would have been if you'd have if you'd just gone in the 70s like, fuck it, I'm gay? Yeah, I think so. I mean, there were, there were some advances like Bowie was making with his declaring his bisexuality and a few other people. Mark Boland was very androgynous. There was a lot of that going on, you know. I mean, I remember a band called Sweet and they would, one of the guys would just go on all glammed up, you know, and then Gary Glitter and all, ugh, shouldn't have said that name. But <laughs> I was going to say. All, all of those people, do you know what I'm saying? In the 70s and the glam rock thing and then in the 80s with my mates like Motley Crue, the way they dressed up and looked and a lot of other bands like Poison and so forth, there was this very blurry kind of thing going on. But nobody really questioned those guys. Nobody went, oh, I hate you because of the way you look and blah, blah, blah. None of that happened because I suppose really it wasn't metal in the truest sense. So there was a lot of fear on my part. And when I did come out, it was like a big, oh, whatever. <laughs> yeah, dude, we knew. Or the main reaction was so what we don't care and yeah. that's just the way the metal community is it's inclusive and it brings everybody in and did you think when, when you did come out were you thinking that you were potentially you know the floodgates were going to open and all sorts of metal singers and guitarists and drummers were, were going to come out well that didn't happen did it no, so, <laughs> no. And I, I, I can honestly say that i don't know of any other gay metal heads that are in in the same job that i'm um, either as a single or in a band there's, there have been one or two, but some people just are happy to be where they're at. And, you know, at the end of the day, all, all of this labeling and branding and everything, it's just, it's a disservice to each other. Sure. I'm a proud gay man. You know, I'm full of gay pride, but I, I just wish that we wouldn't have to keep have, having to have these, these, um, these differences and, 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 and all of this kind of pushback and attack and, terrible things that are, that are happening to some of us in different parts of the world. So, you know, like I say, we're, we're a minority and any minority just gets pushed around and we've had enough guys. We've had enough and we're, yeah. we're fighting back more than ever now. Obviously you've played out all over the world. Do you meet a lot of, of uh, gay metal fans uh, after shows that come up to you and thank you for, for, you know, trailblazing? All the time. Yeah. Especially at the hotels. I, I, I love to just to hang out with, with the fans at the, at the hotels because you, you can spend a little bit more time, but oh, it's, it's beautiful everywhere, all around the planet, all kinds of guys, you know, <laughs> it's just great. It's great. And you know, the love and, and the, and the thank yous and the whispering, I'm a gay too. You know, it's, it's fabulous. It's fabulous. You know, it just, it just makes my day time and time again. And have you noticed like an upturn in that over the years? Absolutely. I mean, I could spot my guys in the crowd and, and even more so now because they've got the, things up you know they're waving the flag and everything and uh, my leather guys and everybody they're all there and i can feel <laughs> like hello hello so um <laughs> that's very real in that sense but for the longest time no i mean let's face it you know been gay metalhead since day one it's only been in recent time that we're just like pushing up to the front row and head banging over over yeah. the area I mean, there's always been a lot of leather in your shows, lots of motorbikes. Um, were your band surprised when you did come out? Did they know sooner than the rest of the world? 
They knew from day one, absolutely. We never really had a discussion about that side of my being who I am. All, all they were wanted was a was a was a, a lead singer that could belt out some tunes, and and so that's just that was just beautiful from from the rest of the band. There was complete acceptance. We never had the conversation. I guess they never felt that it was necessary, which it wasn't, because I was there to sing and do my work in. Judas Priest. Two unlikely friends take on the world. You talk about Scylla Black in the book. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, what an icon. A, a gay icon, but just an icon in general. How did that go down? How was that? <laughs> I couldn't believe my eyes. Firstly, I mean, in Buckingham Palace, <laughs> for, a, for a lad from Warsaw, just seemed like a, you know, surreal. And then I'm standing by myself because we couldn't bring friends with us because I wanted to keep it tight and, you know, and just avoid having thousands of people. It was, it was a pretty big event as it was, celebrating 25 years of music as, it, as the event was at the time. I'm standing there by myself, I've been in there, and I've just got a glass of water, and just looking around. And I see this lady on her own in the corner. I go, that's, is that Scylla? That, that can't be Scylla. Scylla wouldn't be by herself in a corner, I'm sitting on a, on a sofa. And sure enough, it was. And I'm looking, and she's just sitting there looking around. Nobody's going up to her. I suppose it's because, oh my God, they're Scylla, leave her alone. But the guys, <laughs> the guys don't do that. And I, I go, all right, Scylla. And she goes, oh, hello, love, how are you? And I go, I'm, I'm doing great. I, I said, are you by yourself? She goes, yeah, they wouldn't let me bring Bobby because she was, she was with Bobby at the time. She couldn't even bring Bobby. I said, oh, that's a real shame. She goes, you've come with nobody, obviously. And I said, yeah. She goes, you had to leave the girlfriend or the wife at home. I go, I'm gay, Scylla. And that was it. <laughs> We were joined at the hip. Oh, come on, Chuck, sit by me. Where have you been? Have you got any bars you want to go? And, and it was just great. It was, it was like suddenly she was my best mate. Oh my and God. we were there for about two hours. And we were literally put her arm through mine and she was taking me around and you know, this is Rob and not, you know, blah, blah, blah. It was just unbelievable, you know. I mean, that was just to, I mean, to meet the Queen was like, my head was blowing up. But to be with Scylla, <laughs> you know, and still digging me in the ribs going, don't shake her hand. You're not supposed to shake her hand. <laughs> protocol, I had no clue about world protocol. So that's a lovely story in the book, yeah. There's a lot of, obviously, there's a lot of like body image issues and a lot of people who are growing up now see a certain type of gay man and they don't see a heavy metal gay man on the front cover of gay times or attitude. And there's a lot of pressure to be a certain way. Do you have any advice for people that feel like they don't fit in as a gay person? I think that the, the, the whole uh, body shaming and imaging is just as prevalent in the straight world as it is in the gay world. You always have to have somebody with a six pack on a, on a, on a gay mag and that's wrong. You always have to have some beautiful, slim, gorgeous woman on a, a straight magazine or whatever. It's just mad that we're still at that place. And so again, just, just push that, push by that, push by that. Cause it's fluff. It really is fluff. It has no relevance whatsoever. If you're a person that likes to keep fit and I've got some really fit straight friends, I admire that. I admire your conviction to doing these great things for yourself and for your body because it does have a knock on effect. But in terms of the, the level of, of it being, you know, superficial, and not really, really being important. Yeah, we, we need to we need to look at that differently. And over the years, it's got a little bit a little better for girls who are like plus size, for example. And uh, there's a there's a whole broader acceptance as there should be that look, this is your body. Be be proud of it. Be proud of the way you look, the way you are, because you're a beautiful person. So 
yeah, I, I'm all for uh, pushing back at that kind of theory that, and especially over here. I mean, you look at some of the newscasters, they're like movie stars. Yeah. <laughs> They've got to look like a movie star. And I'm like, well, what is all that about, you know? So it, it, it varies from, from place to place. But yes, everybody's beautiful. And uh, is, is that a Christina Aguilera song? I can hear from <laughs> um, it's all that. It's all that. Yeah. Excellent. Stay safe. Yeah, you too, guys. And please, can you get this Lady Gaga vibration <laughs> on deck for us? There's, there's two things going on over here. There's the Gaga thing, and then there's the RuPaul thing. Everybody's screaming for me to get on RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, my God. Dragged. What yeah. is your uh, RuPaul Drag Queen name, if you have one? Oh, Mushy Peas. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. That's well, we have a bag bummy. of chips in the UK, so Mushy I know, it's Peas. Perfect. Can you imagine? be a great drag act. Bag of chips and Mushy Peas. <laughs> You're amazing. I'm so honored that we got you on our podcast. Yeah, thank you. I've had you a great so much. time, guys. I've had a great time. It's been it's been really, really lovely. And uh, thank you. And I hope we can get to get to it again sometime. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, guys. Uh, thanks for listening, babes. Do the admin and support a gay and a non-gay? Visit gaynongay.com slash donate. Mmm, the first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.